everyone and welcome to 121 in flux i am pierre and joining me as always is connor yes i'm here we're back yes uh we're here to talk about a, a movie film uh this is a movie podcast and we'll start spoiler free as we always do but we're going to talk about brian de palma's film sisters one of his earlier films from 1972 it stars margot kidder uh, in one of the lead roles which is pretty notable uh, this is what i had on my blu-ray shelf for the last like five years <laughs> something like that we've uh, all got some of those yeah I, I did actually watch this on stream with some people in chat so there was some fun to be had there but this was interesting enough i said to connor you should watch it and we should give it a give it some conversation because we've done a few brian de palma movies we, we've already covered body double dress to kill and maybe one other one that i'm did we do blow out no we didn't do blow out Okay, we've we've spoken about that one then, but maybe well, that wasn't a review. Yeah, we've both seen it, but no, no, yeah, we haven't uh, reviewed that. Uh, so Sisters is like a lot of his earlier films. There's a, a lot of Hitchcock in here. Uh, De Palma is definitely challenged that he's Hitchcock love, but it does go in some wild places. But like I said, we'll start spoiler free. We'll give you some warning before we go into spoilers. So the premise of this is that how do I put this? Uh, so. <laughs> Because honestly, one of the weirdest things about the start of this movie is that it starts off with this weird game show about uh, catching peeping toms, or will the guy be a gentleman, or will he be a peeping tom? Like, there's a weird thing, but they're they're actually both kind of like actors in the scene, or at least one of them is. It's a it's a whole thing. Uh, but anyway, so they meet on this game show, and that's Margot Kiddo's character Danielle, and uh, what the, what the, was the other guy's name? I just said like right before we started, Philip. Philip. So they meet, and they kind of like head off, like, hey, do you want to go get some dinner? And they go have some dinner, and she's got this French accent, which honestly probably the weakest part of the movie is her French accent. <laughs> it's pretty, um, it's not like it's terrible. It's, it's not amazing. It's not terrible. It's more just it doesn't sound right coming out of her. Yeah, maybe she's just been what she sounds like, because Margot Kidder, but it, yeah, it felt weird the entire time. They kind of head it off at the restaurant, there's, there's some chemistry, and they end up going back to her place, and they have they have a passionate night. Uh, but in the morning, he is brutally murdered. Kind of pulls a... This isn't actually a Hitchcock movie I'd say it, it pulls the most from, but it's a little bit psycho in the sense that it spends the first, like, 30 minutes kind of treating these two, like, the main characters, and it's like, no, 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 no. This neighbour who maybe witnesses part of the murder is actually the main character. Uh, and we go from yeah, there. Yeah, I, I definitely say there are some... It's some some definitely parallels with Psycho. Yeah. That, yeah, there's definitely more from Rear Window though. There's a lot of Rear Window. Uh, there's the, there's one particular section where it goes full on Rear Window. Uh, yeah, and there are some other elements that I think that that are very Psycho esque. We'll get to those later. Um, but I feel like it is kind of taking those two through a very early De Palma lens. It is very proto De Palma still. Yeah, because the Rear Window stuff like there's. It's almost like if Rear Window, instead of following Jim, James Stewart for the first chunk, you actually followed the guy who seems to murder his wife for like the first half hour and then switched to Jimmy Stewart. That, that That's kind of yeah. what, it, what, like, what it'd be doing. Uh, but there is kind of a sort of weird element as well, which I won't spoil. And then, of course, the last, like, where, where it goes for the last, like, 30 minutes is pretty different <laughs> than any of those it, movies. Uh, it's out there. Yeah, it, it goes kind of wild. Uh, so that is the, the general kind of premise. So, so a lot of the actual plot from that point on, of course, is the neighbour trying to prove that she saw something, but she's a journalist who the police don't like because she's written a bunch of articles about p- police corruption and she's kind of like ousted them for things here or there. So the police do not like her, so they, d- they don't really take her seriously. 
I mean, they show up, they kind of do their job, but they're not exactly that thorough. They, they do the bare minimum. Yeah. So she kind of gets a PI and she tries to like, okay, let's try and prove that something happened because I know what I saw. Uh, and that kind of becomes the movie. So, but yeah, like I say, you know, it's a good half hour maybe before we get to that point where there's a lot of like the relationship between Danielle and, and Philip uh, sort of developing their chemistry, hitting it off. And I, it, it, do you know what I'll say about that? I'll say that I really kind of liked him because I, I mean, I actually didn't know he was going to die because <laughs> like, I, I went into this really cold. Uh, yeah, me too. Even though it's the premise of the movie. Uh, so by the time he actually does get murdered, I was like, oh, I kind of liked him. <laughs> they, made, they made me like him by the time he died. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they do a good job with that. And, and you know, we say, oh, it's half an hour of this. That's a lot when it's only an hour and a half movie. Yeah, it's a 90-minute movie. It's, it's, it's a good chunk of the runtime. But, you know, he does a lot of nice things for her. He, she's, you know, kind of has seems to have this past and this seemingly ex-husband kind of stalking her a little bit. Uh, oh, that's a weird way of phrasing it, but you know, he's, he's stalking them and he's, he's kind of outside the building at one point and mm. all the rest of it. So it sets up some sort of like like potential red herrings. It focuses on some details that, okay, this is going to be important later, these little details, kind of like the night of. There's a little bit of that kind of There is, in. and you know, you have the, the morning after their night, you know, he goes into the, 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 the bathroom to clean up and she's, you, you, you hear her out in the other room arguing with her sister and you know, you hear, oh, it's, it's their birthday today. You, you know, so, all these little things that mm. are like become really important later on for the plot. Yeah, yes, there's a sister, which would make sense because the, the the movie is well, called Sisters. In the name, isn't it? Yeah, that is the that is the gist of the movie. Connor, how did you feel about Sisters overall? Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, not my my favorite De Palma movie. I think it's it's clear it's an earlier unrefined piece of work, but uh, a lot of the hallmarks are there. He's starting to experiment with some of these things that I consider you know, kind of his his stuff. Like, you know, there's a, a vertical split-screen section, which uh, okay, really feels like, okay, this is what I can kind of see coming from De Palma later. Yeah, that was very De Palma. Uh, I really like that sequence, actually, because it mm. basically shows two sides of things that are happening simultaneously, which obviously that sounds obvious, but what I mean is is that it's like, there's kind of a race against the clock for, per, you know, the one side of the frame to finish what they're doing before the other people on the other side of the frame arrive at the door. So there's like a you know it, it it kind of treats the you know we have to quickly clean something up before the police get to the door but in real time we see it playing out on both sides so that, that, that's really suspenseful i like it quite a bit as well I, I agree it's kind of the early unrefined de palma but as i was watching like it feels so confident in its filmmaking though like you know oh, the, all the stuff with the, the the crime scene all the stuff with the the witnessing and then because obviously you know, it, it wouldn't be the last time he would go to obviously a lot of Hitchcock or even Rear Window. Like I mean, Body Double has some Rear Window in it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. that's about watching someone from a distance. It's very much something that he returns to, and, and arguably in a way, maybe this was almost the uh, the prototype for what Body Double would ultimately become. I I can see that he kind of took this idea. He knew he knew what he kind of wanted to do, and this is a pretty good attempt, but it's not quite there, and then he kind of improved upon it for Body Double, and uh, yeah, Body, Body Double is better than this this movie, don't be wrong, but this is still pretty good. Again, the music was really good in this, I, mean, I didn't like it as much as Body Double's score, but like it had really distinctive music uh, throughout. No, that stuff was good. Uh, the direction is kind of the thing, key, key, you know, key, front and centre. The direction's what really makes it sing. It's the, yeah. the, the movement of the camera, it's the way it sits on things. The performances are relatively solid. I liked uh, Grace, who's our kind of neighbour journalist who ends up investigating everything. Very headstrong, very much wants to prove what she's seen. Very, very capable. 
Mario Kidder is good in the role, but it's very different. Like Mario Kidder, I'm used to Mario Kidder being that that. But is, I, I, I'm pretty sure one of someone in chat cracked a joke about Mario Kidder like looking at the other role, the journalist, and going, you know, I fancy being a journalist in a movie someday, uh, leading to Lois Lane uh, some years later. But I, I, I really like having Mario Kidder be this kind of delirious and helpless, seemingly. It's the movie uh, is different unusual. for her. and it's it's not that she does it badly. Uh, oh, I think no. it's just we're so used to seeing her in in these other roles. Because even just uh, a couple of years later, she's in Black Christmas. Even in that, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, mailed spoiler, she still gets killed in that movie. But she's definitely still the confident one who's ready to mouth off against anyone who who challenges her. You know, this is very much the type of character that she would typically play. But yeah, I, I think the, the the movie works really well. And I'm mean, sure. Don't get me wrong. I, I think the first like half of it, I'd say, is like more to my taste than the second half, where it gets kind of a bit more crazy with the reveals. There, there is a point in the back half where I thought, are they about to pull some insane twist that makes no sense? And I almost thought they were for a second, and then sort of like, I saw a dial back, but no, no, I get what he's doing. I get what he's doing here. It's not, it's not that. I think I know exactly yeah. what you were thinking it might have been. I was like, no, it can be. There's no way it can be, but they're showing me this, and I'm like, this, this, you know. Like yeah. the- Honestly, I'm not 100% sure how to interpret some of that stuff that happens towards the end. <laughs> I'm not sure De Palma knew exactly how to interpret it. I think he just went, ah, it'll, it'll be fine. I'll just, I'll film it with style. So also the ex-husband character is delightfully kind of slimy. He's got kind of a, a presence yeah, to the, him that's different. The way he evolves over the course of the movie as well is really uh, unique and interesting. Yeah, because at first he's just a sort of jealous ex-husband stalker, but as we find out more about him, uh, he's also got this really specific look. He's got this like tiny little mustache. Uh, he's also kind of French as well, I think. So, uh, yeah, you know, and he's he's got the oh, there's something about this. He's he's got a sleazy kind of pervert look to him. <laughs> he's got the raincoat. Uh, he does. He really dresses the part. Yeah, so it's a, it's a whole thing. There's there's one point actually because the body's hidden that hidden in the couch, right? And I actually. And I said this out loud when I was watching the movie that it's a fold-out couch because that's, that's where they were sleeping the night before. It's a fold-out couch. And if you had told me they had the body in the fold-out couch, I'd have said that's impossible. There's no way you're getting that six-foot guy in a, a fold-out couch. But they showed it to me. They showed me the, the, it folding up with him there and they, clo- they managed to close it. And I was like, oh, okay. I can't argue with that. They showed me it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. That- I can't argue with it. it. it- seems like it shouldn't work and and that that's kind of a, a an interesting point as well that the police kind of dismiss it yeah i wonder like, get a man in that. i wonder <laughs> i wonder if this idea came about because the palma or, or someone like on the, the crew actually started testing like where can we can, can we, is it possible and like i, I mean don't worry, there's a good chance they probably built a custom couch to make it sure it worked that's entirely Maybe, lately yeah but, I don't know, it feels a bit lower budget than that, doesn't it? It does feel a bit lower budget than that. It feels like a down and dirty movie. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, you know, it doesn't feel like they're, they're, they're flashing a lot of cash around. No, no, it, feel, it feels like a movie that's sort of set in its, its grimy world. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I suspect this was the inspiration for uh, Danny DeVito in the couch in Always Sunny. This was, <laughs> this was proof it can be done. <laughs> I mean, Murphy... <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, this is what this is the problem with it. I don't hear people talk about. I, I I basically just discovered this because Arrow put it out on Blu-ray. That was it was like oh it's a De Palma film from the seventies. Yeah, sure I'll get it. But like 
you know, I, I don't really hear people talk about this one in particular. I mean, I, I would have seen the name of it at some point when I've looked at his IMDb page, I'm sure, at some point in the past. But I, I would never have been able to tell you what it was that it really existed. Pete just went, hey, it's streaming, go check it out so we can do a review. And I was like, eh, fine. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll give a spoiler warning there then, uh, so we can talk about some of the, the where the movie goes. So, uh, full spoilers from this point on. Before we start, though, I'll thank our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, so thank you to David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Uh, thank you to you guys. That means they're patrons at the $20 tier or above. But you can be a patron for as little as $1 per month and keep all the content coming and support everything we do. And for your $1, you get bonus episodes of a couple of the movie podcasts. And at the $5 tier, you get early access to a bunch of stuff, including these movie reviews, and you get voting rates on certain things and so on and so on. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in any of that stuff. Yeah, so spoilers then. The first time you hear her argue with a sister and it's through the door... Like, I immediately go, okay, she's talking to herself. There's no one really there. Like, that's the kind of the, the twist they're setting me yeah. up for here. And at this point, they've already revealed that she has a scar from, from being separated from her conjoined twin, right? That That's kind of the idea. And we see her, like, try to take her pills, but she drops them down the sink, so she's not actually taking her medication. Uh, and obviously what's revealed throughout the course of the film is that she goes crazy and turns into Dominique, her sister, quote-unquote. And that's actually who murders Philip, is that she she kills him and she turns into Dominique. So we have this kind of split personality thing going as well. Uh, which I guess is a little psycho as well, now that that's, we're thinking about it. That's what I was getting yeah. at, yeah. It's, it's a little uh, Mrs. Bates in that sense. And the, the husband, uh, was, I mean, that's the little twist, I suppose, is that he's not actually her husband. It's like he's her doctor who's who's monitoring the situation. Yeah, and I think the, the the one that performed the operation to separate them, right? Yeah, he's he's can, obviously he knows that she can snap, and that's why he's watching. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he's a good character. He's very slimy and devious anyway, but that's why he's clearly watching uh, with great, you know, very closely. He's he's it's, concerned. It's, he's... Uh, there's, there's a you know we we say oh he's slimy and, and it, it changes from being this jealous ex husband into being this overwhelming medical curiosity. That just you know, oh, I want to see how this plays out at any cost. Honestly, by the time we get to the end, it's pretty much mad scientist levels. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he he, he helps you know clean up, and this is where we get the great split screen where the neighbor you know Grace has phoned the police, and we see her waiting for the police to arrive. We go split screen, and we see on the left. I don't, I don't know who it was left or right. I can't remember which was which, but it doesn't I matter. Think the inside the apartment was on the left, if I recall. Everything doesn't really matter, but. You know, on the left, we have them like scrubbing the blood and like putting the body in the couch and cleaning the apartment. And then on the, the right, we have her and she's kind of like bickering with the police. The police are like, Oh, you call us that? Oh, we're so happy you wrote that article about corruption, blah, blah, blah. Like, and they're, they're being like proper cheeky, but not in a way that it feels unnatural that they're stalling to like, make this last long enough. It feels like a natural forget where she, because she even herself, Grace is constantly like, No, let's move now before they can clean things up. And the police are like, Hold on a minute. We're, you know, we're going to take our time here. We're gonna do this properly. Yeah, like the, the it's just it's really well done. I really love this section of the movie. The kill scene itself is really good, and even something as simple uh, is because I said that you know you really like Philip by the time that he dies. Like not only is it because they have chemistry and whatever, but he goes out of his way. She asked him to go pick up a prescription, right? Or it's not even a prescription. He just says go and get me my pills or whatever. Presumably, it's just something you can buy at the pharmacy. He he goes to get that, and he decides on his way since he's found out it's her birthday, her and her sister's birthday. That he gets a cake for her, but not even just for her. He says, "No, put put both names on it," because uh, there's a whole scene where he goes to the, the the baker's, and she's like, "Oh, the cake decorator's out," and 
I thought, cake decorator? It's a fancy bakery. He's got a, a specific employee who's just there for the cake decorating, uh, which I guess does exist, which is why I, I guess what the point I'm making there is that it's not just a regular bakery. It's more of a, spe- you know, a specialized yeah, If you place. go to a place that does cakes, like, yeah. you know, properly just cakes, yeah, I'd, I'd buy. They have someone who does the decorating. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's more of a specific cake place than a, a general bakery, I suppose is my point. Yeah. So the idea that the, 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 the actual designer, the one who decorates the cakes is is out is kind of funny to me uh so so uh i think it was elaine and louise or whoever the reason why i remember this is because basically there was a running joke when i was watching this on stream where the chat kept saying i'll just you watch louise is going to be the hero of this movie and uh it was a whole thing but uh so they'd be upset if i didn't mention the the cake shop but but the important part of it though is that it makes you like him a bit because he goes out of his way to not just get a cake for her birthday he's like no no, put our sister's name on there too make it for both of them uh, yeah, make it, he's making an effort. It's a really sweet gesture, and he brings the cake back. They get they finally get to the apartment, right? The cops are there, and Grace is told to not do anything because she's not a police officer, but she keeps trying to investigate, and she's trying to look in places, and she finds the cake, and the cake says, you know, the two names on it, and at this point, you know, Daniel's, no, I'm here alone, there's no one else here, blah, 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 and she finds this cake, and she's like, this is proof, this is proof he was here, and it's, you know, he went and bought this cake, and he, she runs out and she trips and drops the cake, so the writing's all destroyed at the top. It's it's a little conveniently frustrating. Yes. But at the same time, she is rushing around. She's so mm. excited. Look, I'll write, you know, I've got this that I buy. It's just a little stumble and it's gone. It, it's just on the line of believable enough, but it yeah. is tight. But she, she goes, that's, that's obviously what is a tour of the bakery to interview them, with her mother, no, no less. Uh, it sets up that her mother's like, you know, so when are you going to get married and have kids and stop with this stupid little career that you, you're having? Her mother's yeah, very old-fashioned. One of the weakest elements of the movie in that doesn't really serve any great purpose. I, I think it's just to give her a bit more you know, character, but it doesn't really ultimately matter doesn't, that much. not need it, does it? Admittedly, it's also a really small, I mean, it's like two scenes. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's like yeah. a huge fan waste. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I did notice. I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, because the, the big thing is she gets the, the PI who's going to help her, and they, they make an excuse to get into the building and uh, for him to get into the building, though, and like have a look around and see see if the where the body is. And, and they actually clock that it's probably in the couch, and he actually pursues this truck. Well, wherever this truck is going, this moving truck, someone's going to be in the other end to get the couch, right? And it becomes this thing where we, we cut to him every so often, like, following this truck, and he's in his van, and, uh, and actually, the end of the, because the end of the movie, ultimately, we'll get to why in a second, but basically, the murder's been covered up successfully, despite the fact that the bad guy's been got, if that makes sense. We'll get to that in a minute, like, all how all that happens, but uh, we have the, the final kind of, you know, hopeful moment in the movie, is that this PI is actually still on the case, and is going to prove there was a murder and prove that something happened uh because it because it ends with him just like because it, it sets up uh the first time you see him he's like pretending to be like the super or something like that for the building or he's a workman and at the end of the movie we see the couch being delivered and the camera just pulls back slowly and you see like like just the, the feel of like you know like a, a electrician or a, a, the phone guy or whatever up in the pole with the cables and as soon as i saw it, it feels like oh it's him it's him he's undercover he's watching the, he's watching the couch he's there yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to kind of do this. I think in in most movies, this would be followed up on and resolved within the movie. I don't think um, it needs it though. I I think no, I, I agree. Yeah, they all know something's happened, and of course, uh, 
Grace has been brainwashed to basically believe she never saw anything. So the police, even though they now believe her, they can't get her to tell them anything because she's like, no, there was no murder. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so but this little final scene is like, no, no, don't worry. They're going to like solve it. They're going to find it. The, the, the yeah, breadcrumbs are there. That's all you need, right? Is yeah. that, that, hey, no, it, it's fine. They've got this. It's going to get uncovered. But I think in a, in a lesser movie, it is just a case of, well, we'll go through the motions of following mm. this guy, finishing it off, and it would probably cut back to more. It probably extends the movie by about half an hour, to be honest with you. Probably, uh, but I actually kind of like just having this moment, because it's, it's kind of a nice reveal of him watching it. It's like, okay, it's fine. He, you know, he's there. Like, yeah. it's, it's a hurrah moment at the end. Uh, but of course, like, there's a lot of, like, looking up who this is, finding out she was conjoined twins, finding out the doctor was the, 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 the supposed ex-husband was the guy who separated them. Uh, the twin died, Dominique died, and now Danielle has a mental condition where she kind of, like, becomes Dominique when she's not had her medication and she gets upset or... There's a whole, like, gaslighting element to this that I thought was really interesting. Like, this kind of, like, uh, theme of gaslighting, especially towards the end where when Grace follows him back to the, the hospital where he works, uh, this, this uh, kind of home for people, which was set up, actually. Uh, that was one of the th- few things that the mother sets up. Uh, Grace's mother says, oh, you've seen the newspaper, there's a uh, there's a hospital now where they just let the crazies roam around free. And she ends up there, and the doctor says that she's a new arrival, so the people who work there assume she's like what someone who should be detained and someone who should be treated like she's crazy. And he gets her all tied up, and she's really quite helpless. And he decides to start brainwashing her, and we find out that you know he's been brainwashing Danielle forever. This, is, this has been a thing. Um, and he brainwashes her, and we get this insane... Uh, sequence yeah Yeah, where it it, 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 at first glance it appears like it's trying to like show that that grace has actually been dominique the whole time and she's the sister and we see her conjoined to margot kidder and this weird flashback what it actually is though it's more like uh, grace is actually just experiencing the flashback and she's just sort of like being inserted into that role in the flashback somehow don't think about how or why too hard uh the brainwashing <laughs> I mean, it's sure on a very basic level yeah but it doesn't saying. really explain a lot of the specifics it, it doesn't it doesn't but it, it gives you this idea that they were exploited for for being different you know the, the doctor is this evil guy who, who does this it's a very unique and interesting way of doing the exposition of this twist yeah and he he tries to he brainwashes says you never saw anything there was no murder and tries to cover it up because we, we basically find out it's really his fault it's his fault that all this happened. It's, like, Danielle's kind of innocent in the, the sense that she's a victim of his crazy shenanigans. Yeah, she's she's guilty in the sense that she did physically commit the crime, but she is very mentally unstable and yeah. shouldn't be out in the world at all. She should probably be in this hospital. You know, so he does all this but we get this obviously she fights back and he ends up getting stabbed he, he dies and the, eventually the police do show up at the end and they bring everyone in and they try to ask grace what happened and she's just kind of like there was no murder you know the, it, she fight, she's able to fight back and defend herself and like sort of you know succeed but the brainwashing did work so when she's asked about the actual murder itself she has no idea she's just like no oh, there was no murder i don't know what you're yeah. talking about uh pretty interesting isn't it because usually Usually in these movies, the the plan, the evil plan fails, and ultimately it kind of does because they overlook the other guy, the you know the the PI. But given that she is, for all intents and purposes, that the, the hero here, um, 
it's interesting that it that it fails. Yeah, it's interesting that she she. I mean, she probably. I mean, she'll play again. We we know that they're eventually going to figure this out because uh, they know there's a PI involved and he's going to obviously come back and like tell her and tell everyone what's, what he's found. But there's a real interesting element here where she has kind of like gotten through the turmoil and she succeeded and all the rest of it, but she doesn't know why she did this in the first place. That That's kind of gone from her. It's a really interesting dynamic uh, for, the, for the character. But the kills are really good. He, he becomes truly hateable by the end as well, uh, which is really good. And I think Grace feels really like understandably vulnerable at the end when she's on a bed strapped down as if she's you know as if she's in the mental hospital and she's saying that you know what's happened there's been a murder and she sounds like she's crazy like all, all of it works really well from that that point of view because even though she has been a strong character even though she has been very very uh, versatile and very resourceful in what she does everything happening here yeah this would make anyone be vulnerable ultimately someone's going to come looking for her and maybe then he'll have to explain why she's there but that's kind of the point though is that he's not planning on keeping her he just wants to brainwash her enough so that she'll go away go home and never and pretend nothing ever happened yeah. well not pretend but forget anything ever happened yeah so he's really doing a good job of actually trying to cover up the crime you know he sent the couch away and if it wasn't for the fact that the pi was on route you know following that like he would actually maybe get away with this yeah I agree. And if you didn't have that PI thread, there could have been a potentially really interesting sequel of something triggering her memories and it coming back and mm. kind of playing that route. You know, there's a fragment of an idea there to make a, a sequel out of if you'd wanted to. But I think, you know, the, the PI route has a couple. So, no. and, and of course, there is a sleazy element. He, he has been brainwashing Danielle for his own you know satisfaction yeah. uh, i mean this is a de palma film after all yeah so th- so that is in there as well so it, it, be warned you know themes of yeah. uh sleazy elements that said though it doesn't overall come across as anywhere nearly as sleazy as some of his later films <laughs> oh no no uh, i mean like i say there's an element of that here but it's a forgivable sleaze element in the sense that it's coming from the villain it's very intentionally no oh, yeah, look yeah. how how terrible this guy is so it kind of gets away with it a little bit more. It makes you hate him more, so it kind of works. Whereas some of his other films are just a bit sleazier for the sake of it. Yeah, I think it's also interesting that he, you know, he's definitely the only villain by the end. You know, like obviously early on you think, okay, we've got this split personality thing, but no, it's the Doctor who's really the villain the whole time. He's driving all of it, yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's interesting dynamics there. I think it's really entertaining to watch. I, you know, I, I think the first half's exceptional. Uh, well, maybe Sips was a bit strong, but you know, the first half is really, really great, and then the second half is a solid follow-up with some really interesting, quirky ideas. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I would describe the the split screen section as exceptional. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I I love that scene, but I liked everything up until that point. I thought they did a good job of making me like the characters. I thought everything, the, the pacing, the building. Because you would think in 90 minutes that maybe some of the stuff would feel rushed. I, I think it actually spends as much time as it wants to in that first chunk. And it's really just a testament to how simple the movie is, even though it sounds like it's really complicated with all this twisting and turning of the Siamese twins and their backstory and the brainwashing and all that. It actually is a movie made up of really simple sections. And the first section is very much just these two characters having a date, going home, the morning after, and all of that has enough time to breathe and do everything it wants. And that's it's, it's it's a good third of the of the movie overall, which yeah. and you know, it's it is taking its time because that is a, a pretty long amount of time for this movie to just kind of take things really slow and simple. 
Uh, and it, it kind of everything it does after that is earned because it took the time in that first section. Yeah. So that is Sisters, uh, Brian De Palma's early film. Uh, Connor, what would you rate the movie? Uh, I'm going to give it a, a really strong 7.5. I think it doesn't quite get the 8 because of some of the elements in the second half. Just don't quite tie together as neatly as I would like. It kind of gets a bit out there. But uh, some really strong filmmaking and a great first half. Yeah, I'm going to give it the 8. I, I think it's a bit lesser to the other early De Palma films. And by early, I just mean 70s and 80s. Uh, good De Palma. Is what good, you good De Palma, yes. I'll give it the eight though, because I, you know, I'm watching this and it's, it's 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 great discovering movies like this where I'm like, man, movies don't get made like this anymore. And I, it just mm. in, in that first like even ten minutes, I'm just watching it and they're just just entrenched in the world that he's building around me in a way that I feel like movies sometimes today are just so ADD in like how they approach things and how we can't slow down like this. We can't just let the scenes actually play out and ha- have the characters really grow on us and really tell the story in a, a, a straightforward way. Uh, so sometimes I, I really do think there's an art form and, and slower filmmaking or storytelling is being lost. No, I, I don't disagree. This is a, I think if it continued on the pace of that first half, it would probably be like an 8.5. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's still like really good overall. And uh, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, no, uh, I would recommend Sisters as well. Uh, really solid movie. So, there you go. Uh, that is the film. So you can let us know what you thought of the movie if you've seen it in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, we mentioned uh, Patreon earlier, patreon.com slash TV. So if you want to support us, you can go there and do that. Uh, otherwise, though, check out the other movie podcast that we have from TV. We have two dedicated genre shows. We have Streams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast, and the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the science fiction movie podcast. Go and have a look at those. Uh, those are both consistently every week, so go and uh, you know see if you're interested and have a have a try some of the, the episodes, maybe movies you're interested in. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity.